If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with the top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel. And this week, I want you to meet Nick Stronsky, co-founder and CEO of Revolut, the world's first truly global financial super app that helps people get more out of their money. Nick launched Revolut in 2015 to transform the way we spend and transfer money abroad. Since then, he has put Revolut on the path of becoming the world's truly global bank, changing the way we do all things around money. Revolut has more than 18 million customers worldwide who make more than 150 million transactions a month. The company operates in over 35 countries and has been valued at almost $35 billion. Before Revolut, Nick was an equity derivatives trader at Credit Suisse and Lehman Brothers, where he traded over $2 billion across various option swaps and FX instruments. Nick holds degrees in applied physics, mathematics, and economics. He's an avid kite surfer, mountaineer, and champion swimmer. Let's welcome Nick. Hi, Nick. I'm just so excited to talk to you about Revolut for many, many reasons, but I just want to start with the basics. For everyone listening, how do you describe what Revolut is? And where was the aha moment for you to actually go and and launch this business back in 2015? So Revolut is a one-stop financial solution for all your needs that you need as a customer. So we give you bank accounts, we give you ability to transfer money, we give you ability to borrow money, to lend money, to invest, trade crypto, trade stocks. So instead of having many, many apps, many, many providers, we give you uh, everything in one app at best price, all for free. So it's, uh, it's amazing user value proposition compared to any other banks out there. Plus, on top of it, we are global. So what it means in practice is that you can open account in US, but you can also send money in seconds to people in Australia, Japan, Europe. You can also have local uh, accounts in Europe, local accounts in Australia. So we provide you a global banking solution for all your needs. So... The vision that you just described is, by the way, as a customer, as somebody who studied the category for a long time, is exactly what I personally want. Where did you start, right? Because you can't say, I'm going to go build everything for your wallet in one app. And oh, by the way, it's also global. How did you think about chipping away at this vision? And as you thought about playing chess on the strategy, like what were the pieces that you felt like had to start, what you, that had to, had to come first? Yeah, I mean, in reality, I, I couldn't claim that, you know, from the beginning, I wanted to do exactly this product. So initially in 2015, I started a simple card, which allowed you to spend abroad and send money abroad with uh, zero fees and zero, well, not zero, but interbank uh, FX rates. Uh, that allowed you to save as a customer $5,200 on every $1,000 that you spend. And that's a huge saving. So we launched this product and then uh, it kind of you know, became popular and then we st- slowly started adding other products. So that's the story. As you started to think about which currencies and regions would be most critical to your success, how did you think about the strategy for that piece of the puzzle? 
Well, to be honest, we were not that sophisticated back then because, you know, for me, it was my, uh, well, first serious business and uh, I was just trying things. So I tried, you know, opening, uh, you know, several countries. I tried, you know, multiple products and then some things work, some things don't. So I wouldn't claim that we have very kind of, you know, sophisticated strategy, you know, defining which countries to go. We were just, you know, trying things, playing around and, you know, hope, hoping that things would work out. Um, one of the things that I've admired most about you from afar is you guys release products exceptionally fast um, at a clip that I don't know of any startup that has released products as quickly and feature sets as, as quickly as you can. Tell us a little bit about not only what drives that, but also your strategy around just releasing features as quickly as you can. So basically, with, the, with, with time, we learned how to work fast and deliver fast uh, things that we want. So we have... Uh, pretty well-defined uh, playbooks, how to build stuff, and then we have uh, very well-defined tools, how we build things. So ultimately, we, every single product that we build, we're not building it from scratch. So effectively, what we build, we build the platform with a, with a lot of uh, uh, modularized components on top of it. And then to build every new product, we're not really building from scratch, we're just combining these uh, components together, that's, that's how we're releasing. So there is no magic in it, I think it's just you know, the way we work. And plus, on top of it, obviously, desire to build things rather than you know building one thing and you know polishing, polishing, polishing. Because we are pretty entrepreneurial company and want to try things and uh, trying things. So when you have uh, all these tools plus all all, all the platforms that we have, uh, is uh, is easy and cheap. One of the things that's really clear is there's a pretty powerful work ethic behind uh, the team at Revolut. And I want to separate two questions. The first is you said it's so much better to have a small team that's exceptionally brilliant than a larger team that's average. I couldn't agree with you more. As I thought about building Inspired, that's precisely the way that as a team, we've thought about building our own company. Can you talk a little bit about how you think about adding people to the team and that culture behind that? And specifically, is there an interview question you like to ask people to really decide whether or not they're good? They're gonna be a good fit for you. Yeah, ultimately, uh, playbook is uh, very simple. Uh, it's mathematics, right? So every time when you add a new team member, you will need to spend your management time. So actually divide the old old people in you know five categories. So first uh, category or the best, I call them exceptional, is people who self-define goals and then self-reach the goals. So they do not require iteration with you. They do not even require you to tell them the goals because they, they self-select the goal and they self-reach this goal. So that's what who you need to hire because every additional person that you add which is in this category they do not spend management time and that's why a small team of these people will achieve you know so much more compared to like you know many many people who with whom you need to trade who you need to manage and so on and so forth so that's that's real secret i love that i've actually never had somebody just say uh management is math um so if you can hire people that self-manage and self-achieve all you're doing is actually just making the company better. As you think about standards for when you hire, is there something you're looking for outside of everybody wants to hire the people that you just described, but that, is there something you're looking for in their history or is there a question you like to ask to figure out whether or not a person meets those actual goals that you have? Yeah, ultimately our secret is very simple. You always hire smart people. So you need to have certain interview techniques to interview for problem solving. And usually you can do it through case studies, right? And secondly, you need people who have a uh, character, right? So you need to go through their background and identify all their examples or all their track record when they break through almost impossible walls, I would say. It. 
So give me an example when you achieved almost impossible goal, right? Then I go through every single career chapter and then I ask them this question. And then they need to demonstrate that in every single job, they actually break some kind of almost impossible walls. Uh, not that many people uh, will be able to give you examples, but people who will be, be able to kind of demonstrate it. So that's the right people. Plus on top of it, if they are smart, so they are usually your superstars. And then, uh, like skill set is actually secondary, right? If you if, if if you get people who are brilliant, plus who are wall breakers, so skill skill set is quite easy to to acquire within one or two years. Majority of jobs are not really rocket science. My second big question about kind of culture and work ethic for you guys is: you're known for almost working seven days a week, eight to ten. It is just how you're wired. You know, when you've accomplished it, Revolu is is truly wild. Um, in such a short period of time, to develop so many features true one-stop financial super app for the planet, um, which is the mission of the business, which is really powerful. And you've accomplished it so quickly. Talk a little bit about the culture of work ethic um, at Revolut so that we can all learn from you. Uh, well, ultimately, in order to achieve the goals, right, in order to compete with large businesses, having you know, more resources, more people, they have market share, they already have existing customers, you need to be smarter, right? Obviously, you need to be faster, and then hell, you need to work hard, right? Because otherwise, I mean, how how are you going to compete with uh, other companies who just you know have you know so, so much more resources compared to you? So that's uh, it's kind of yes. I mean, in some, certain cases, if you identify some I call golden mine when you're just lucky, you know, you jumped on the business, you know, there is a huge trend. Then uh, yeah, sometimes you don't need to work hard, but in in majority of businesses, and because in the world is so efficient. And because there are a lot of smart people, a lot of you know good businesses, so it's, it's it's very hard to compete unless you're 100% educated. I couldn't agree with you more, which brings me to my next topic. So you now have almost 20 million users, and I'm sure that number is an outdated number, and it's growing even faster, um, which is just really wild adoption in a short period of time. If you were going to teach people listening, what levers do you feel like are the best tools that you had for adoption, or how did you think about growing that quickly? Was a product-led? Was there certain elements? Were there certain things that you did that other people could repeat? But how'd you get so big so fast? Yeah, I mean, in reality, when we started, it didn't really feel fast, right? So I remember when we launched the product then we started, like, you know, seeing downloads. It was one per day, five per day, 10 per day. I remember we had there a spike of, you know, 25 in one day when, you know, one of our uh, people, they went to coffee shop and then they started giving their cards for free. Then we had you know, a very a spike from five per day to twenty-five per day, uh, but ultimately it just slowly you know, uh, building great product and then making sure that our friends know about them, family of friends know about it, and uh, slowly growing. We never invested in marketing until recently. So first five years uh, we didn't do any marketing at all. So it was just you know word of mouth. So I think you know building great great product is is very important. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you saw build, building Revolut. What were the hardest parts of the last five years? Or if there was one time that you felt like you really were at a fork in the road, what was it? We almost went bankrupt in a few times. We ran out of money, regulator burden, losing people, hiring around people. To be honest, I made every single mistake you can make. Some mistake I made twice or three times. So, And I'm still making mistakes. I mean, the reality is... Uh, uh, like running a business, you know, scaling the business is, uh, is, is hot and uh, you kind of, you know, play this game, you become better, but then business goes larger and then game is different as well. And also role changes. So it's never, never, never ending challenge, I would say. 
as you think about the future of the wallet, um, this is, you know, I've, I've written two books on the category, um, care deeply about where the wallet's headed. You clearly have a pretty unique point of view about where you think the wallet's going to be in a decade. Tell us some of your predictions. Well, I think in the five to 10 years time, uh, the majority of small to medium-sized banks, they will not survive. They will be probably focused more on businesses. I think there will be uh, five, maybe 10, you know, huge, large regional players who would get probably 80% of uh, retail market. And I think the whole ecosystem will be uh, quite connected, whether it will be through crypto or through just, you know, direct APIs. I think, you know, by having account with one player, you know, I can simply shop online with this account or I can use different tools like, you know, buy now, pay later, or I can easily convert money to crypto. I can uh, do payments. Uh, but ultimately, the, my main message is uh, that the market will be dominated by, by larger players. I think, you know, we will see consolidation. I think uh, having thousands of, you know, smaller fintech players is, uh, is not really sustainable because uh, I think ultimately best product wins and the economics of uh, the wallet and the bank account will, will shrink with competition. So the largest place with the largest scale will, will survive. Tell us more um, as you think around the future of crypto, blockchain, Web3, um, what are the things that get you excited about that? And, and then what are the things that make you nervous? Well, blockchain definitely gets me excited. I think um, if I look historically what, what happened last uh, you know, few hundred years, so every time there was a kind of financial innovation, we saw a huge kind of spike in economic activities. First, it was uh, like in, in, the, in Holland, Dutch Empire, right? First, first issuance of stocks. Then obviously, you know, British Empire, bond, ins bond issuance, swaps, uh, deposits. Uh, then obviously, you know, US with uh, Wall Street. And now what I see, I see uh, blockchain, right? For me, blockchain is, uh, is another huge innovation that allows uh, well, for the financial system across the globe to exist and to allow ordinary people to do whatever they want with their money, right? So they can be market makers, they can borrow, they can lend, they can send money, or they can you know, issue tokens for their companies. So that's uh, innovation never existed before, and it really supercharges you know, the whole uh, financial system. So I think uh, provided that you know, uh, governments will let it grow, it can really supercharge uh, the whole you know, humanity in terms of financial innovation and as a result, economic output. When you think about what worries you about it, what are the things that you think uh, we need to be cautious about as society, uh, not as regulators or as individuals, but more of um, you know, this incredibly powerful technology exists that you know, what gets me excited is overnight from a phone, somebody who is in a rural community can open a bank for free in seconds and now have access to a financial infrastructure that they wouldn't have qualified for prior. And you know, unlocking a billion bank accounts instantly is a pretty powerful thing for the planet. But what scares you? I mean, to be honest with you, I'm scared of, you know, excessive regulation because the reality is uh, provided it's not being done right, it will slow a lot of businesses, it will slow down a lot of consumers. Uh, excessive regulation generally is not good for, for, for society. Yes, yeah, certain regulation is good, but as soon as it becomes excessive, it creates a lot of overhead, uh, a lot of extra costs, uh, companies stop innovating because you know, it's impossible to move fast and uh, just the whole ecosystem might Stagnate. I agree with you on that, and I, and I appreciate that point. I want to come back to Revolut for a second, which is again, you built something so quickly; it, it's so powerful. 
what gets you excited about the future of Revolut? What are the things that get you out of bed uh, with a ton of enthusiasm every day? Well, ultimately, I'm very excited uh, about products and about building something uh, that excites me and then hopefully excite you know, our other customers. I'm a product builder, so I love building products. I love seeing you know, opportunities where other people don't see. I love connecting the dots, you know, connecting the products as well to provide something unique. So this is you know, what, what really excites me. That's you know, why I do what I still do. You built your business from zero to now you know, almost $35 billion in valuation in a short period of time. Um, did you expect it to go this quickly? Uh, to be honest, it just feels very long, right? <laughs> so yes, uh, I look last five, eight years. It, it feels now quickly and fast, but uh, you just work very uh, every day and then you just feel how slow everything, right? Like getting licenses, you know, building products, you know, communicating with regulator, everything is super slow. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. I'm now excited from that comment to move into talking a little bit more about you uh, because I, I feel like you just showed me how impatient you are, which, which I, really, I really enjoy. I want to move, uh, Nick, a little bit to you. So you grew up outside of Moscow. Your parents have clearly done something to make you really, really special. What is one thing that you can attribute to your parents that you think has helped get you to where you are today? I think they somehow made me extremely competitive in everything that I've done, right? It was a competitive sport. It was a competitive education, you know, competitive, call it intellectual challenges. So I think, you know, since five years old, I was always you know, participating in different uh, competitions, you know, trying to win, losing a lot. That actually motivated me to actually work harder, so on and so forth. So I think, you know, for entrepreneurs, extremely powerful to be competitive. So in university, you were a state champion swimmer. Um, and you now just told me you're super competitive. I've done almost every single sport. I've done boxing, I've done kickboxing, swimming, football, uh, even, even chess. <laughs> Where do you attribute your work ethic to? Uh, and again, you've been known for having this work ethic where it's, you know, 8 to 11 p.m., seven days a week, and, and, and really just somebody who, who loves to build what you're building. When you draw on your work ethic, where is it coming from? I think competitions, to be honest here, because you know, I participated when I was young in so many competitions, and it was uh, extremely competitive. So, like, early age, I learned that without putting a lot of effort, you have very slim chance to win. What do you think is the hardest part being a founder? Um, what would you say is is the best part of the job and then the hardest part of the job? So let's start with the hardest. Well, it's getting the right people. I think that's the key. It's extremely hard and ultimately 80% of your success is failure is not down to your skills, but it's down to your ability to find and attract you know, the right people and put them in the, in the right position to win. Because no matter you know, how smart you are, how hardworking you are, like you, you can't build anything yourself, right? You need like, a very strong team supporting you finding this team, uh, getting getting people, promoting people, identifying talent early on, super important. You need to have a knife for, for talent. How do you keep talent? I know that you can get talent, 
But then what are your tips keeping talent? I'm not managing them, right? As I told you already, I tried to attract brilliant people who self-identify goals and they're self-direct to, to reach these goals. So for them, I'm more like uh, not even a partner, but uh, well, coach, I would say, I, is the same as, you know, we, we go playing football or like skiing, right? We kind of, you know, ski together. I'm a bit behind. I look at how, how you ski. And then uh, sometimes I give you certain, you know, commands how you can improve your skiing. So that's, uh, that's my relationship with, uh, you know, my best people. And uh, I think, you know, because they have all this freedom, plus, you know, hopefully they appreciate my comments on, on their skiing. They, they enjoy working with me and I enjoy working with them. I love that. What's your favorite part of the job? My favorite part of the job is, uh, is actually product. You know, sometimes uh, when I'm thinking about solving certain uh, product problems or certain problem in the company, then some person shows me the solution and kind of, wow, that it just, you know, clicks within two seconds. And that's, that's the best part of the job when the solution is found. Nick, being a founder, you have to keep getting better yourself. Um, what are the ways that you keep making yourself better, uh, that you can pay it forward to everybody that's listening that also is either a founder or an aspiring founder, but how do you keep improving your game? I think it's very important to have a mentality that uh, you'll have ups and downs independently of what stage you are and independently how like good you are at what you do or how great this business is doing, you'll have downs as well. So it's very important uh, to know when, when, whenever you have downs, that there will be ups as well. So to stay calm, to focus on the problem, to be very rational as you're thinking and always solving problems. Like in a majority of people, they're actually shaken by problems and uh, they let their emotions to overtake their decision-making. That's never good. So I think you know, uh, the best thing that you know, a founder can do is to, to stay rational during downs and uh, knowing that there will be ups to, to motivate themselves. Do you have a trick on how you manage your own emotions around things? I try to do a lot of sports, right? Because uh, reality, every every problem that you have, if you just you know forget about it for for half an hour, you know, to some sports, and then you you can uh, approach it with fresh head and uh, with you know less emotional state. I like it. So every time you have a really really hard problem that even gets under your emotions, you exercise. Yeah, I go to the gym. Yeah, exactly. And, and you come back to that. Um, that that's great advice. Again, you're known for this incredible work ethic that you bring to Revolut. Can you talk a little bit about how you recharge, right? Because you can't actually just work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I, I know you, I, I think you publicly said you admire, you know, the Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk of the world, uh, the, the really, really big thinkers. But how do you recharge, right? Like, you've got to stay running on this marathon. You just told me you thought it's actually been a really long time building the business. How do you refresh yourself so that you can stay as mentally clear and motivated as possible? Yeah, I love I love hiking, climbing. Uh, I love kite surfing. So I usually, you know, try to take uh, you know a week off, uh, sometimes longer, just to do kind of sports-related uh, holidays. So if if you, if you do hiking or climbing for for one week in mountains, it's completely refreshes you. So because uh, like you, you don't really see people and uh, you just focus on nature, and that really kind of cleans you. From, from city, from noise, from all the uh, kind of bad thoughts. So that's, that's how I research. Last question, Nick, on you. I'd love to just get a sense as a founder, what do you hold as sacred, right? I think underneath all of us, we have these beliefs. What do you hold as sacred? My secret is that uh, almost every single goal is achievable or as soon as you have uh, the right approach. And then uh, my approach is uh, defining you know, the right goals, defining metrics, 
So what is success looks for, for this girl, then defining roadmap or steps, what I need to do. Uh, and then, you know, every day executing the steps and they're like periodically revisiting the roadmap or steps and asking myself, okay, are the steps still valid or maybe I should do something, something else. And then you repeat, repeat, repeat. And uh, that's, that's how you reach almost every single goal, which is reachable or the ones that is achievable. Nick, I want to quickly ask, I'm going to, I'm going to just literally throw out a question. I want the first thing that comes to your mind is the sort of fun quick fire round here. Um, I want to get a sense of what gets you out of bed every day? Uh, <laughs> clock alarm. <laughs> <laughs> is there a favorite book that you've read in your life? Not a business. It doesn't have to be a business book. It doesn't have to be any book that has changed your life that you kind of mentally come back to time and time again. Well, I, I, I love, for example, Ray Dalio, right, who, who wrote Principles, but uh, I actually read it even before he printed the book. I think it was on the website, it was like in the 50-pager, which I actually prefer much more compared to, to the book, which is 400 pages long because it's so dense. And, you know, I think it was uh, not really uh, PR-ready, so it wasn't Polish. It was like pretty hardcore essence of, you know, his, his principles. So I think, you know, that's the book that I really like. If you... Fast forward two years. How many days a week do you think the average of society is in an office? Maybe one day a week, maybe maybe two. One and a half, I would say. Got it. My best guess would be one and a half days a week, yes. My last question is, outside of fintech or outside of Revolut, what is one thing that in the last year has caught your attention, something that's happening in innovation that you're really enthusiastic about, that you think is the future, that that gets you excited. And it can be anything. It can be a product. It can be a new company. But what's one thing that's gotten you excited about innovation in the last year? Well, for me personally, I think it's pretty exciting. Medicine is pretty exciting, right? So how human body works. And to be honest with you, I still think we have very weak understanding how human body works compared to, for example, physics. It's amazing that we know how the whole universe works, you know, how how universe was created, all these, you know, particles, physics, laws, or like Newton physics, Einstein physics, and so on and so forth. But we are so kind of, you know, scratching at the surface how human body works. So for me, that's amazing what is possible to achieve if we would be, you know, much deeper in our knowledge in terms of human body. That's amazing. And I do agree that we're going through a profound change uh, medically, which I think is pretty exciting for, for everybody. Nick, thank you so much for joining us here today. This is uh, one, again, just been a fun moment for me because I followed you from afar and I'm rooting for you majorly. But then for everybody out there, um, if you haven't already downloaded Revolut, please do. It's an incredible app. And you can join us next week for Inc. The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. So again, thank you so much, Nick. It's been an honor to have you here today and we're rooting for you and you're raising the bar for entrepreneurs everywhere. And so keep it up. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you.